Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and welcome to the show today. I'm so happy you've joined me today. And I got great news, and I wanted to give a big shout-out, a little advert. I want you listeners to go over to my website, www.drbarbaryoung.com. Take a look, because I'm launching my free, yes, free, online seven-day transformation success program. If you want to relaunch your life in 2019, sign up for this program with me. It's going to rock your world, transform your life personally, professionally, and spiritually. Are you ready? Well, I want you to share with your friends and colleagues. It's going to be a Facebook Live starting March 9th. Well, today I have in my studio a young entrepreneur, Chris Wise, who's going to share his transformational journey and how he believes love can change the world in a practical way. So the title of my show today is Finding Your LQ, How to Develop It and Keep It. So I want to welcome Chris Wise to the show today. Hello, Chris. Hello. Thank you, Dr. B. It's great to be on. Well, it's great to have you. You know, I know that many people are familiar with the intelligence quotient IQ, and it centers on somebody's ability or one's ability to learn, memorize, focus, and problem solve. And I also know in later years, people became very familiar with EQ, which was emotional intelligence. And But I don't think many people have really talked about or learned about LQ. And it's becoming the rising contender that's beginning to make headlines in the world of business. And I am so pleased that you're on the show today to talk about it. So, listeners, I want you to know that Chris is a successful entrepreneur, inspirational thought leader, author, and a leading authority on the love quotient. And he's going to share his transformational journey and why he is asked so many times, how can love change the world in a practical way? So, Chris, again, I just want to thank you and welcome to the Transformation for Success show. Awesome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, you know, you have such an incredible story, uh, one of successes, failures, and how some of your darkest days were spent in another place we'll talk about. But I think more importantly, (laughs) how you discovered the love quotient, uh, otherwise known as LQ, and how you overcame a lot of challenges that you had never faced before. So listeners, for those of you today who might be going through some difficult times and you're looking for answers, this is a show about how love can change your life and the power of it. So I was intrigued when I met Chris some time ago, uh, and he briefly shared his journey. And moreover, he stated to me, uh, LQ is becoming very popular. So I wanted to have him on the show today to share with you. So if you're listening live and you have questions, you can call one 888 No, that is not the number. I don't know why I said that number, because that's the incorrect number. Oh, my goodness. You know, sometimes I make mistakes, too. And that was a mistake. That is not the number. The number is, let me get my number here, one. Oh, my goodness. I never do this. Absolutely never did it. But it's will the announcer will announce the, sh- the number that you can call in because basically it is going to be great. I'm looking for it right now. The number to call in is one eight 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 three four six nine one four one. Sorry about that blooper, but that lets you know that even Dr. Young makes mistakes. Again, that's one eight 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 three four six nine one. Because I do want you to call in, or you can Skype me at Young and Skype your questions, and we'd be happy to answer your questions. Okay. Chris, again, how are you doing these days? Uh, I'm doing quite amazing. Yes. (laughs) And excited to be talking about it and sharing about LQ and my journey and 
and really opening up a, a whole new world for people. Well, tell us a little bit about some of your early beginnings, because uh, and I know that you're now owner and founder of Wise Profits and the Evolved Alpha, yep. and you've done that for some yep. time. So tell us your journey. Where did where did you start? What happened with early beginnings? Yeah, well, kind of. You know, I, I started my first business at the age of twelve, mm-hmm. uh, sharpening chainsaw chains. Um, by the age of sixteen, I started my first computer company. Uh, by the age of 19, I wow. bought my first home. Mm-hmm. Oh, my was goodness. That? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, was, well, I, was, uh, I was very, I've been all very motivated and driven, uh, you know, my, my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was just, you know, so I got into entrepreneurialism and uh, really started doing a lot of personal development and personal growth. And by the age of 21, uh, I was a millionaire. Uh Shortly after that, I lost the value of my business and was back to zero and then rebuilt. Um, and so I've definitely had my ups and downs as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've written three books, now working on my fourth one with people like Bob Proctor, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's a, a wide, wide range of entrepreneurial history um, that I've had. Well, tell me this. Uh, you were an entrepreneur at the age of 19. Were, did you have aspirations to become an entrepreneur? I mean, what motivated that? Because you could have done something else, yeah, become so, a college professor. You know, so I, w- <laughs> I was brought up in a family where we didn't have a lot of money. Uh-huh. And whenever I wanted something, I heard the words, we can't afford it. And I hated hearing that. I'm a strong-willed firstborn child. And I was like, no, I'm going to figure out how to get the things that I want. And fortunately... <laughs> while my parents didn't really teach me a lot about how to make money or uh, Mm -hmm. how to have a powerful mindset or about success, they were supportive and they did help me start my first business at 12 and they were always supportive, but it was really Mm -hmm. my drive to like, I'm going to figure it out. I want to have the things I want. I want to create the life I want that really Mm -hmm. uh, drove me uh, in my, in my early years prior to the big event that we might get into. But um, it was really that drive of having and creating the life that I wanted what kind of business did you start at age 12? I'm intrigued with that. <laughs> selling, no, you weren't selling lemonade, I know. <laughs> what kind of business were you in, Chris? Yeah, no. I was <laughs> sharpening chainsaw chains. So those machines that cut down trees, uh-huh. uh, oh. I was sharpening the chains on those. Well, that's a little dangerous thing, too, you know? It was. But, oh, my God. <laughs> I, now, yep. now, I'm intrigued about one fact about you. Um, that you have such a high IQ and you became a member of the International High IQ Society. How, when were yep. you aware that you had an, a high IQ? You know, it was in my early or late teens, probably like mm-hmm. around 18. I had a friend of mine that sat down and he's like, you know, Chris, you have some amazing skills. You know, you're smart, you're athletic, uh, you know, you look good. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And so then I just began to, um, explore those and, and, and really began to understand my strengths in my, in my late teens and early 20s. And I think it was probably in my mid-20s that I finally took the test and, and became a part of that society. Okay. That's interesting. Now, you evolved from being this business person at 12, and here you are in late teens. You're finding out you're really smart, athletic, and you got good looks. So you parlayed that into what to become this millionaire at age 19. 21, 21, bought uh, my first house 21, at 21, yeah. 21, okay. Yeah. What were you doing? What, what kind of business were you in? So, um, at, at the age of, I started my first computer company at 16, and so that was what I was running. That was a computer company that I ran all the way up to 21, and uh, mm-hmm. that was the company that, uh, that then I you know, had the, built the value of that business at the age of 21, but then the market shifted and that, that whole you value law. Uh, value got lost, and then I rebuilt uh, uh, my second business, or I don't know, it was my fifth or sixth business at the time, but uh, through the value of real estate, um, you know, built built up my uh, businesses again. Okay. Now, when you got into real estate, is that when you made some business deals with some partners, and how did you get involved with that? Yeah, and if it's okay, um, just because I I know that we um, have limited time, I'd, I'd love to, like, transition this into, um, um, so dive it into kind of uh, LQ and, and uh, what happened with, uh, perhaps if we want to dive into my prison experience. Um, so it was, it was with the, 
uh, you know, so I was doing real estate and then I got into doing some funding. Um, and so, you know, my whole life I was very, I was really very driven and, mm-hmm. and very motivated. It was all about massive action, just taking things, did a lot of personal development. Very, and I was very harsh on myself uh, mm-hmm. and very, mm-hmm. um, very controlling uh, in how I managed my environment and my life. And, wow. um, and uh-huh. I, you know, I, I created uh, a lot of results. You know, I created an amazing life from this way. Um, but it was around, you know, by the, so by my, my mid third, my early thirties, I had created quite an amazing life. I was traveling around the world, running three different companies. Um, uh, you know, I had a beautiful girlfriend. Um, and this is where everything turned. Uh, and, and, and I, this whole new, um, journey, uh, happened. Well, tell me, Chris, out of all of this, you know, uh, sounds like, you know, you're driven, you were harsh on yourself and very controlling and you created the life that you really wanted. And here you are traveling around. And as you stated, you know, you got really what the good life, but were you happy with that good life? Really? When you, when you began to look back, you were happy. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a great question because my happiness, my self-worth, um, how much love I felt was based on external things, mm-hmm. right? And so it was based on, you know, how successful my business was. How much sales did I do? Did I have a good restaurant experience? Was I getting the things that I wanted from my girlfriend? And, and mm-hmm. so I felt like in order for me to feel the way that I wanted to feel inside, I had to control my external environment so that I could actually feel how mm-hmm. I wanted to feel Internally, and so in many ways, I was actually codependent on mm-hmm. life to, for me to feel the way how I wanted to feel. Uh, you know, I have a, a strange question I want to ask you. Since you recognize that, how many people have you met that you have recognized that same um, effect with them that they're codependent on external things to make them happy? Yeah, you know, and it's not, uh, I don't think it's something necessarily easily, it may be easy to recognize. I I mean, it's not something I think a lot about. Um, But one thing I do know is that until you have really learned how to love yourself, and that's really where how LQ ties into this whole conversation, Mm -hmm, until you mm -hmm. really learn how to give yourself love, how to become the source of your own love, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. you are still codependent on something else to give you the love that you want. And so what I realized for myself is that, uh, and through my own journey, that in becoming, what enabled me to break that codependent cycle was mm-hmm. actually learning how to really very deeply love myself. Okay. And, and that, too, is a journey, let me tell you, uh, how to love yourself. Uh, I'm intrigued about that because... What were the steps that you, and I'm getting definitive here because we do have a little bit of time. Some, for, there are so many people out there who are in that same situation. Remember, we're all over the world. So we've got different cultures that we're dealing with who are really looking at the fact that they really maybe have thought about it, that they didn't, they came out of poverty. They created a life where they're successful and they're driven and not really looking at the source of their own love. So give me one step before we go on break or two steps. Yeah. How did you break the cycle? Yeah, well, so I, I had been on this uh, uh, spiritual journey for a while mm-hmm. and I had learned about meditation and I had learned this I love you practice mm-hmm. where to my own inner child, my own mm-hmm. inner self, I say the words, I love you. And it was those two practices, meditation and this I love you practice, and mm-hmm. then, of course, this gift of prison where I really had 19 months where I just sat and meditated and did this I love you practice that really okay. got me this traction of breaking this. Okay. You know, Chris, I'm going to stop you right there because we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back, listeners, because I want you to hear about how he had this experience that he calls the gift of a prison experience. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back today with my interview with Mr. Chris Wise, who's a successful entrepreneur, inspirational thought leader, author, and really one of the leading authorities on the Love Quotient LQ. So we were just in a discussion, and before we went on break, we were talking about a couple of things Chris sharing with breaking the cycle and how he broke the cycle of becoming this controlling, of being this controlling individual actually successful on top of the world, but having to take a look now at himself and love himself. So, Chris, you talked about spiritual uh, development through medication and a love you practice that you started. But more importantly, you talked about the gift of prison. So, share a little bit about this experience that you had. Now, I know you had a business deal because we talked about this uh, business deal with some partners that went south. So share kind of what happened uh, to, to that you, you know, were in prison. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, had, I had mentioned before I built this incredible life full of, because freedom was one of the most important things to me. So I had so much freedom in my life mm-hmm. uh, running my own businesses, traveling around the world. I mean, I, I had the life of my dreams. And so I'm flying in from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, into Los Angeles, and I get picked up off the plane by the Secret Service and put into prison, charged with the crime that I didn't know I committed and that I didn't even know was illegal. And I had, basically what had happened, I was charged with conspiracy for bank fraud, and I had hired a company back in 2009, um, and along the way I learned they were doing some shady things. Um, but I didn't think it was illegal for me to have that awareness. I thought, well, it's them. It's a separate company. Regardless, that was my fault. That was my mistake. Because if you benefit from the crime of another, then you're mm-hmm. liable. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was charged with. Uh, I wasn't able to get bail. And so oh. I ended up serving 19 months, which was one of the most oh difficult things I ever went through, but also one of the most transformational that's a year and a half of your life. That's a year and a half. I'm a year yeah. and a half, a couple of months. Wow. More than a year and a half. Year, <laughs> almost two years. <laughs> <laughs> I know it felt like four or five. But one yes. of the things is, what was this like for you emotionally? And were you fearful? Yeah. So prison, prison first off, is a hyper-masculine environment. The threat of violence is always present. And there's crazy, prison is run by crazy rules. It's run by race, uh, and they make up all these crazy rules about how to interrelate with, with people. And mm-hmm. none of this made sense to me, because I saw it as, like, I saw it, everybody, we're all human beings. We're all just going through a difficult time. And I said, I'm not, I made the conscious decision. I said, I'm not going to buy into this prison mentality of race and playing with all these crazy rules and violence. I said, I'm going to choose to go through prison in the most kind and loving way. 
Wow. And that began with being kind and loving towards myself. Okay. How did you manifest that being kind and loving towards yourself? How was that manifested? Yeah, and so, you know, it, it was this I love you practice that I had learned. And so oh. I just, I realized this was my time away from life, right? Because I, I had learned, like, in, in the past, you know, when, when difficult situations would come up, fear or sadness or loneliness or, or difficult situations, I would change out of them, you know, or I would shift my emotional state back into a powerful state so I could keep on performing, keep on accomplishing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And now I find myself in a place where, like, there, what's the point? You know, there's no, like, I don't, I realized that I had been actually using state changes and other personal development techniques to actually avoid, to be in control of mm-hmm. my thoughts and my emotions so I could be in control of creating my reality mm-hmm. and my dreams, but at the sacrifice of actually being with my emotion, being with fear and sadness and loneliness. And mm-hmm. I had to learn how to recreate. I had to learn how to actually be with these emotions. And that was so transformational in my relationship with my emotions. But, you know, when I, when I think of it, when, when you talk about those things like fear and sadness and loneliness, uh, it's such an aspect that drives, I think, when, you, when I, it just popped into my spirit, of many people, they're looking for it and they find through drugs and alcohol, whereas you used another method uh, to escape, more or less. Uh, so, it, it, to me, it's the same mechanism, but people just use different ways of hiding it, of not being able yep. to, you know, and, and all of a sudden, it's just like, I hope that, you know, it's a revelation for many, for many people that to come out of that, there has to be a way, but it is a human, human psyche that's involved because you, well, one of the things I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself is because you made a decision, which was your choice to shift your emotions. Am I right? Uh, well, it wasn't just necessarily, yes, shift my emotions, but what enabled me mm-hmm. to actually create a new relationship with my emotions mm-hmm. was through loving myself so deeply. Because in the past, I didn't actually feel safe enough to feel fear or sadness or loneliness. But as I just took this time alone and meditated and did this I love you practice, I actually began to feel safe enough in my own body safe enough to be able to feel fear and sadness and loneliness. Like, and I realized I had a lifetime of unfelt emotion because I would avoid it or escape or stay change out of it in the past. You know, and one over of the, one time, of, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. Over time, you were able oh. to. And over time, I ended up making friends with fear and friends with sadness and friends with loneliness and mm-hmm. I discovered a whole new world of freedom, a place of freedom where not only did I not have to try to avoid or escape from feeling negative emotions, but also where I no longer had to try to control my thoughts or even try to control my emotions. Wow. And there was one point in time, and, and this space is opening up to me because I'm, I'm taking time to love myself and I'm feeling safer in my own body. Mm-hmm. And I say, there was one moment where it was like, I'm no longer going to try to control my thoughts or my emotions. And I said, whatever I'm thinking is perfectly okay. Whatever I'm feeling is perfectly okay. And this whole new world of freedom opened up for me as I gave myself permission to be with me just as I am. Well, you know, this is a remarkable journey. But I want to go back that way back in your childhood, was there something that happened where you shut down? Because you couldn't feel, I mean, you had no sadness, you didn't have fear. I mean, what shut you down? You were shut down. I mean, well, I'm saying, it, I mean, I'm just asking a question. <laughs> Did you explain that? And it wasn't that? anything in childhood. It was just that, you know, so around 18, I started, you know, I was so committed to, and so driven to create the life of my dreams and to have the things that I wanted. And all the personal development stuff that I did told me, you know, uh, Brian Tracy, you know, goals 
enable you to control the direction of your life. Napoleon mm-hmm. Hill, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was person after, you know, Napoleon, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, uh, James Allen, as a man thinketh, like uh, Zig Ziglar, you know, get rid of that stinking thinking. Like all of these people, basically, I learned from them and what I took away from them was that mm-hmm. if I want to create the life of my dreams, I need to be in control of my life. And I need to control my thinking and control my emotions and control my states. And that's how I get to where I want to get to. But here was the flaw in all of there's There's several, but here was the flaw, is that along that journey, and I had created an amazing life, mm-hmm. but, in turn, but I had actually inadvertently and unknowingly created an internal prison of control. Okay. And the, okay. And the gift, or what was actually on the other side of prison, was I discovered an entirely new way to live life, one where I can create the life of my wildest dreams, but one where I actually treat myself in a kind and loving way in the process. Now, was there something uh, in the prison experience that that further sort of exacerbated this new change of this shift in your emotions? It... it, um, it caused me to go deeper, yes. And, and so, like, on the outside, my whole life is falling apart. You know, I mm-hmm. lose my business. I lose the mm-hmm. love of my life. I'm losing friends. I lose my reputation. Mm-hmm. And so, in see, all of these things I had attachment to. See, my self-worth, my love, my validation, my identity was rooted in these external things, and I had attachment to them. And so, as I'm going through all of this, and my whole life is falling apart, I'm just loving myself so deeply, and I'm letting go. I'm surrendering. You know, my, my first night in prison, my intuition said surrender, completely okay. let go. And what enabled me to surrender, what enabled me to let go, was actually this I love you practice and learning how to vary and, and, and just loving myself so deeply through this so I felt safe enough to let go And it was through this entire letting go process, this entire surrender process, that I discovered a whole new world of freedom that originated out of the heart. How did this newfound um, surrendering and freedom keep you grounded and and diffuse violent situations? Because we know that does happen in prison. So how did that, how was that diffused? Well, I... There was, I had made the decision not to respond to violence with violence. And I made that decision even though I had a lot of Krav Maga and martial arts training. Like, I knew how to hurt somebody. I knew how to defend myself. Mm-hmm. And there was one time where this one guy, we were playing cards with this older man. His name was Joe. And I'm beating him at cards, and he's getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And eventually he's like, that's it. He stands up and is like, let's fight. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is trying to fight me over cards. Like, this is like, I, I, I was just shocked. But no, like, this guy was for real. He was ready to fight me. Now, I had actually visualized a situation like this happening because I was in my cell one day, and I was like, well, what would I do? I've made a decision not to respond to violence with violence. What would I do if mm-hmm. somebody tried to fight me? And the idea popped into my head, and it was like, what would, I wonder what would happen if I just replied with, I love you. To somebody who was trying to <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, I'm thinking of some big bruiser guy, you know, getting mad, upset, throwing the cards and getting ready to fight. And you're going to say, I yeah. love you. <laughs> exactly. No. That's exactly it. And, and, and I, so I began to visualize me doing this. I began to visualize somebody trying to fight me and me replying with, I love you. And now here it is in real life. It's happening. And I stand up, I look Joe in the eyes, and I say, I love you. I love you. And all of a sudden, Joe's whole facial expression changes. He looks lost and confused like a deer in headlights. And he turns and walks away. Wow. And what I realized, the power that I had tapped into, is that fear cannot stand in the presence of love. If you want to diffuse, and it's not that 
saying I love you to somebody who wants to fight you or who's angry at you is the right response because it's all contextual. But when you acknowledge somebody's beauty, when you smile at somebody, when you stand in a place of non-aggression, um, like because a lot of That's times when somebody's coming at you to fight, the natural response is to, to fight back. But there's That's actually right. a whole different way of approaching life, and, and this is part of, there's another thing about ending the fight against life, but there's this whole world that opens up when you begin to have loved yourself so deeply, and you have now feel so safe in your own body about who you are and what you stand for, that fear and violence cannot continue to persist in the face of acknowledging the beauty of the one who's in front of you or responding in a kind and loving way. Very good. Very well said. Fear cannot stand in the power of love. Fear and faith can't operate in the same house. So fear to me, love and faith, because you've stood there in the knowledge, full knowledge, and the power of your love. But also there's another element. That's Dr. Barber talking of faith because you had faith in the power of love that it would work and you did it. So now... Tell me about your practice, you know, because you talk about fighting the fight against life. Share with me yeah. if that's where you want to talk about, you know, how this idea of ending the fight against life. Yeah. You know, in, in this fight against life, we see it across the board. Uh, you could see it in your own, in a, in a personal relationship with your spouse, and they have a different perspective, and you feel like you have to fight or argue against them to try to you know, hash it out. Or it could be in a work environment with your boss or a coworker where there's something that's not happening and you feel like you have to fight against it. Or it could happen on a organizational level where there's a nonprofit that says, we need to um, fight against um, sex trafficking or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. As long as there is a, a, see, a fight just breeds more fight. And as a conscious person who's committed to really love living life from the most loving place, you actually, there's a, there's a turning point that can occur when you realize that you actually don't have to respond to somebody coming at you with fight energy, with fight energy back. And mm-hmm. actually you can diffuse and progress the situation in the highest way by being a stand for whatever it is you wish to see in the world, as opposed to fighting against which that which you don't wish to see. So the biggest shift is, no matter what the scenario is, as opposed to coming from a place that I need to fight for what I'm against, mm-hmm. or even from a place of fighting for what I'm for, mm-hmm. there's still a fight energy about that. And that actually is draining, and it's not the most effective way to see change come about. And as opposed to, you can be a stand for the change you wish to see in the world by becoming the change internally in which you wish to see in the world, which enables you to be a stand for that which you wish to see in the world. And from being a stand for that which you wish to see, then in the face of that which you disagree with or don't like or you know is hurting others, you can be a stand Mm -hmm. and also then from that place create the greatest transformation for the good of all. That's wonderful, Chris, and uh, thank you for that, because one of the things I, I was reflecting back, one of the things I used to teach people and model is be the model that you wish people to emulate. Be the model that you yeah. wish people to emulate. Yeah. And so it's the same thing. Be the change you wish people to, to emulate is change. You know, I have a lot more um, to share with you or to talk about this, uh, the LQ, and I want you to define yeah. Uh, LQ, and because it is a new human psyche measurement. So I want you to have a little opportunity to talk more about that. And so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back and we're going to talk about LQ. And Chris is going to shock us with some of the stuff he's got to say. (laughs) So listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Chris Rise today on my show. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. 
If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, then it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to my show today and my interview with Mr. Chris Wise, who discovered the fullness and power of LQ. We've been talking about the love quotient and how Chris began using a simple I love you practice that's helped him be grounded and as you listeners heard before in the last segment, it had been helped diffuse of the violent situation. And I'm a believer now that it can diffuse. Love conquers all. We've heard that. Love conquers all. Well, Chris, back to a little bit of your story about this idea. I thank you for sharing ending the fight against life. And obviously, you've overcome a lot of challenges to become this LQ expert. So share with the listeners a little bit more about LQ and how you believe it came about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so LQ is the love quotient, and Mm -hmm. it's the intelligence of the heart. And, uh, you know, prior to me really discovering uh, the Mm -hmm. intelligence of the heart and living life from the heart, uh, Mm -hmm. I was really all in my mind. Uh, and it was more about trying to control and control my thinking and mindset. Um, and I, I had yet to discover um, this whole world that actually can arise out of the heart. Um, and so one of the biggest journeys that enabled me to shift from just living life from the mind mm-hmm. and really shifting into my heart and into my body was this concept of surrender. Mm-hmm. And surrender was a very scary thing for me because, uh, and, you know, talked about needing to be in control. And so um, when you, so the whole idea, here's, here's the whole idea behind LQ, is that the more kind and loving that you can be to yourself, the more kind and the naturally kind and loving you're going to show up in the world, and the more naturally kind and loving you're going to treat others and then, Mm -hmm. of course, yourself. Mm -hmm. And the idea that from that place, from that place of being able to surrender and let go, that from that place you can create the most amazing life. And from that place you can create the biggest impact. And from that place you can actually feel the best about how you're actually living your life. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think in, in general, uh, you know, we're taught in society about the importance of kindness and compassion and empathy, um, and those are all great concepts, but the depth in which we can actually access those or give to others, or uh, EQ talks a lot about the importance of empathy and how when you're understanding others' emotions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then you can be more empathetic, but the depth of your emp- empathy actually is related to how deeply it's tied into how deeply you actually love yourself. And so this is one way in which LQ can actually empower EQ so that the Mm -hmm. more deeply that you love you, the more you've developed the capacity to love, to feel emotion, the greater empathy that you're actually able to have in your understanding of others' emotions and your interactions with them and in your application of EQ in life. 
And really what you're really saying, too, that you can't love others until you first love yourself is just simple, a simple thing that I love you practice. You loving you because you can't give what you don't have. So yes. a, a lot of people are attempting to try to give love, but they don't have it. So it comes out in some yes. really convoluted ways uh, in yes. gifts and tokens and, you know, other kinds of practices that really it's not like giving of themselves. So I, I, I'm in total agreement uh, if we had more LQ uh, in the world, because you talked about uh, that it should be studied, uh, LQ should be studied along the concepts of IQ and EQ. Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm not sure, you know, because one of the things is people will, you know, have you had people sort of um, do bah humbug to you about this whole love thing and loving from the heart? Because, um, you know, men feel I got to be macho. I can't get emotional and get into this. I love myself. If you had those kind of feedbacks, especially from the manly man, <laughs> so to speak. Um, I, I'm not, not, I don't think directly, but I'm sure they exist. Uh, yeah. And so here's what I'd say. It's, it's as, so we can talk specifically about a man because uh, how men and women relate to this can be different because of gender. That's right. That's um, right. I, I think as a man, this doesn't mean that you're all wimpy and uh, soft and like there's, so let, let me, let me, I'll frame it this way. So prior to prison, I was very, um, very driven, very um, yang energy, very masculine energy, very controlling mm-hmm. step that came into prison, surrendered very deeply, stepped more into a feminine energy, more open, receptive. And when I got out of prison, I was like, okay, universe, I've surrendered. Now bring me everything I that I desire. <laughs> And over the next nine months, and I got to the end of 2015, and I looked back over my life and guess what had happened? What? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) And it was at this point that I realized why there's so many broke spiritual people. And I realized that, you know what, it's actually both. It's, It's, yes, there's, there's, there is power in surrender. There is power in being receptive and open and having an open heart. But you still have to be taking action. You still have to you have, have purpose to work. and drive. And all the stuff <laughs> that I had learned, and this was the biggest context about all the personal development and the state changing and all that I had learned, it's not that those tools and techniques are inherently bad. But what I, I was trying to use them from a place of being in control. Mm-hmm. which actually limited me. Mm-hmm. But now I'm using similar tools and techniques, but now I'm living life from a place of surrender and having let go, and from that depth of surrender arises my purpose and arises action and arises all these tools and techniques and strategies, but not because I'm trying to be in control. And I think that's the, one of the biggest differences and so for a man who's hearing about LQ and living life from the heart, this, the, here's the transition step. Because most men view, because it's about vulnerability. The core, one of the key components in living, in living life from the heart is being vulnerable and emotion and dealing with emotion. And a lot of men, what I call this the old masculine paradigm, a lot mm-hmm. of men view vulnerability as weakness. And as long as vulnerability is viewed as weakness, it will be avoided at every turn. And I actually believe that men avoid vulnerability because they're actually too afraid of being vulnerable. And that's the biggest thing that men may not recognize or realize or want to admit. They're actually afraid of being vulnerable. But as a man or anybody, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a man or anybody begins to love themselves more deeply, they begin to feel safer in their own bodies, where now you can create a new relationship with vulnerability, and vulnerability actually becomes a source of strength. And when this shift occurs, it opens up living life from the heart. It opens up living life from a place of having let go and surrender. And it's not that you are... It's not that you're not in control of life. It's that you're no longer trying to control life, and that actually puts you in actually even more control, but it's Mm -hmm. a different kind of control. It's interesting how letting go allows you really to be free and you'll receive more by letting go. Isn't that interesting? So uh, the power power of surrendering uh, and getting yourself out of the way 
is so freeing. And I, and I believe uh, you've talked about LQ becoming uh, to make headlines in the world of business, um, yes. which, I, which I translated for business entrepreneurs. And as we begin to look at the millennials, because uh, Chris, are you a millennial? I couldn't remember. <laughs> when I met you, uh, no, I'm, uh, I love that okay. you called me this young man. I was like, yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm young. I'm 40. I'm 40 right now. But you're uh, still young. So yes, I'm you're still young. Yeah. <laughs> but but when we think about the 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 business world, and you made some really really great statements too about uh, how this is uh, a concept, but it should be a practice uh, that. The time yeah. has come, and maybe the time is coming when, as we begin to look at millennials and uh, their viewpoints and the Gen Zers, that LQ for me in businesses, my definition, and I'll just share this to the listeners and, and uh, with you, Chris, is just having people having a capacity for compassion, love, and understanding that human beings have for one another. And, uh, and I hope that it can be something that's infused into the curriculum particular for training leaders. And we need more leaders who have that, love that inner child, because I think we would see uh, a changed world. But it has to start somewhere. So anyway, (laughs) just a thought. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I like that. Yeah, and I agree. And one of the people that's actually made it, um, this has really brought forward this whole concept of LQ on a very mass level is Jack Ma, who's the billionaire founder of Alibaba, and uh, I was surprised to find out he's been talking about LQ since, I don't know, 2016, 2017. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. I looked him up, and uh, to find out who was out there, uh, really a strong proponent in the business world of LQ, Um, which which raises another question for me um, that you probably get asked all the time, is that, is there a relationship between how much we love ourselves and our physical health? Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and, the, and the answer is absolutely. Um, first off, I, I kind of, there's, there's been many studies that point to how you think, how that actually can um, impact your physical health. And I'll give you a very okay. tangible uh, example. I recently did an interview uh, about this, and, and there was a, a friend of mine who had uh, gotten an autoimmune disease, which is where the body is attacking itself, and he had gotten this because he went through a very difficult business situation where a lot of people, the business fell apart, a lot of money was lost, and a lot of people lost their jobs, and he was beating himself up about this, and he was actually hating on himself. Mm-hmm. And by, by him projecting all of this hate on himself, his body actually took on an autoimmune disease. Wow. And it's taken him, yeah, and it's taken many years. And this is just one of the, I don't know how many documented studies, Mm -hmm. but there's many Mm -hmm. of how the mind actually impacts the physical body and how you think and feel impacts your physical health. But it actually took him many years to unwind this. And one of the biggest things that helped him do this was meditating and Mm -hmm. this I love you practice. Mm-hmm. He actually had physical, you know, he was having trouble sleeping, or he had to sleep like 12 hours a day, and after about a year of doing this I love you practice, he was actually able to only sleep eight hours a day and not have to worry about how much sleep he got. Mm-hmm. So there was direct impact of, of him doing this I love you practice and increasing his LQ and his physical health and recovering from a disease that got directly impacted by him being hateful towards himself. That's really, you know, I am a proponent of keeping emotional uh, life stable and and, uh, under control because I know for personal fact, I never get sick unless there's something emotional that happens and I allow it to affect me and then I get sick. So there is that correlation between the love, uh, how we love ourselves and our physical being. So I concur heartily on that one. I have, I have another question before we close the show. Um, is um, One of the greatest things you talked about and uh, was a modern day, one of the greatest modern day tragedies of being an entrepreneur. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would say that's how entrepreneurs treat themselves on the way to building a successful company. 
And so many entrepreneurs sacrifice their emotional health, their physical health, in the pursuit of profit and building a company. And I, I find that to be tragic because, one, it doesn't have to be that way. And there's also another way where you actually treat yourself kind and loving on the way to building a successful company where you actually will be even more successful. So it's like they'll beat themselves, be harsh to themselves, um, push themselves beyond what is uh, what their body really can handle or even their emotional capacity. In fact, if they would actually take the time, learn about LQ, learn how to love themselves, learn how to you know, actually take time for their physical health, their emotional health, they would actually build an even more effective company if they were to find a balance between those two things. I want to thank you for being on the show today. I want to thank you, Chris, for being on the show today because you've really given us a lot uh, to think about, particularly as it relates to love. And I want to thank you for being authentic and sharing your transformational journey and your story. But, you know, and I'll sum it up, listeners, love is meant to be a selfless act. And for anything to grow and reach other people, it has to be people-centered and not self-centered. So I want to thank you so much again for listening to the show today. And if you missed the show, you the live show, you can download it later at iTunes Voice America. And so I want to thank you again, Chris. This has just been absolutely wonderful to know about LQ, the love quotient. This is the Romance Month, and I want you to go out and love yourself. Just give yourself a big hug. I'm giving myself a big hug right now, loving myself. And thank you again for listening. I'll see you next week, and have a great week. This is Dr. Barbara Young signing off. appreciate you joining us for transformation for success please join your host dr barbara young again next tuesday at 3 p.m eastern time that's 12 noon pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel or join us for our replay every friday at 3 p.m eastern time and 12 noon pacific time on the voice america business channel have an outstanding week